Good morning, everyone. I'm Playbook co-author Ryan Lizza. It's Tuesday, January 9th. Here's what's driving the day. Senate border talks are faltering. James Langford, one of the three core negotiators, said Monday that there would be no framework agreement this week. After briefing his GOP colleagues, Langford told reporters, there's too many unanswered issues. The biggest sticking point remains the Presidential Asylum Authority, known as parole, which Republicans want to severely restrict. Curtailing parole is a red line for many progressives, and so far the Biden administration has refused to give any ground on the issue. We're going to be watching this one very closely this week because it's emerging as the key issue that could decide whether Congress appropriates over $100 billion in foreign aid. Asked why parole is such a tough issue, Senator Chris Murphy told reporters, many of us warned that it's not a good idea to condition the salvation of Ukraine and Europe on our ability to craft a comprehensive immigration reform, period. Over in the House, Maryland Representative Steny Hoyer, the former House Majority Leader, says he will file for re-election today. Hoyer is 84 years old and will be seeking his 23rd term in Congress. Finally, the biggest story of the day, while the Iowa caucuses are in six days, the GOP frontrunner is in Washington, D.C. today. Donald Trump said he will be attending the oral arguments in the appeal of a district court's decision, ruling that Trump is not immune from prosecution in the D.C. election subversion case. Joining me now to walk through what we can expect to see and hear in that D.C. courtroom today is senior legal affairs reporter Josh Gerstein. Good morning, Josh. Hey, Ryan. Good to talk to you again. Josh, I'd like you to set the scene for these oral arguments that are scheduled to begin at 9.30 a.m. Uh, everyone can listen to the audio streamed on the court's website today, but you're set to be one of the, those people in the courtroom watching this unfold. Let's go around the room and uh, explain what you will see, starting with a surprise guest, Donald Trump. Why is he going? Well, so that's perhaps the most fascinating part of this whole spectacle that we're expecting to unfold here. I've covered a lot of these appeals court arguments. I've sat in this courtroom with the D.C. Circuit. Here's its arguments, you know, dozens of times. And I would say nine times out of 10, the parties don't show up. The defendant doesn't show up. And it's just typical that people's lawyers come in and do their arguing for them. It, it's simply an, a legal argument. It's not a trial. There are no witnesses and there's no testifying. So it is unusual indeed for a criminal defendant to announce in advance that he plans to show up at this kind of a hearing. It is open to the public and certainly he will have a reserved seat to be in there. But, you know, you do have to take note of the fact, right, Ryan, that he is running for president of the United States. And so perhaps there are some other factors at play. Yeah. As you point out in a piece this morning, I mean, he's he's really trying to squeeze as much juice out of this, the, the lemon of his indictment as possible. So announcing that he's going to be there to, in, a, in a fundraising solicitation and really try and have this play into the Republican primaries. Right. I mean, he is trying to play the victim, the martyr, whatever word you want to use. And this obviously resonates not only with his base, but all the indications are, right, Ryan, that, that it resonates broadly with people who still consider themselves to be Republicans. And so 
I think he's basically decided that he has to carry this legal baggage around through this campaign, sort of uncertain legal baggage in terms of will he be forced into a criminal trial between now and next November? Will he be forced into two, three, or even four criminal trials, let alone all the other civil litigation that he's tied up in and the challenges to his name even appearing on the ballot in some places? So uh, he understands, I think, that this is at least a two or three ring circus here. And you know, rather than just defer to the government, he's going to go face these people down. And we won't have TV of the arguments because they don't allow television in federal court, but there'll be some courtroom sketches and perhaps there'll be some video of him arriving at the courthouse to go into the lion's den and have his showdown with, you know, the fellow he likes to call deranged Jack Smith. Let's talk about the rest of the room. Uh, What can you tell us about the three judges? So the senior judge who will be presiding over the arguments is someone named Karen LaCraft Henderson, a Republican appointee, actually a George H.W. Uh, Bush appointee. So she's been on the court for quite a while. Um, if she shows up in person, I will say that will be in a rarity, Ryan, because she has tended to not show up in person for the last several years of arguments. Maybe she's been there on occasion, but I know I've covered a bunch of arguments where she came in through teleconference. So we'll see if she's actually there in person. So there's one Republican appointee. There are two Democratic appointees on the court. Michelle Childs is one of them. And the other is Florence Pan. They're both Biden appointees, relative newcomers to the court. We all have learned to listen and watch these oral arguments for clues about how the judges may decide the case. What are the big tells that you'll be looking for from these three? Well, obviously, the main thing people will be looking for is whether there's any traction for Trump's arguments here. Remember, he's arguing basically that a former president can't be subject to criminal prosecution, even in federal court, over basically anything having to do with his job. There are a number of different arguments contained in there. There are a lot of questions about whether what he did in the 2020 election had anything to do with a president's job. The standard the courts have used in the past is sort of the outer perimeter of presidential duties, because obviously just what a president's job is, is a little bit amorphous. A lot of it involves bully pulpit type activities. And President Trump and his lawyers are arguing that that bully pulpit extends so far as calling up the vice president and telling him to do or not do certain things in connection with tallying electoral votes, calling up the secretary of state of Georgia and trying to bully him into changing tallies of votes. Uh, These are all things that the president's lawyers are claiming are within the scope of his official duties, or at least the outer perimeter of those duties. And so we'll be looking to see whether there are concerns about that. And I think I'll also be interested, do judges look to other hypothetical situations? Are they concerned about the implications down the road, not so much for Trump, but could there be a hypothetical speech delivered by a president at some point in the future where maybe he will decide not to say certain things because he might fear that his successors would you know, come after him criminally? Josh, thank you so much for breaking that all down. No problem, Ryan, anytime. And for your schedule today, the Senate is in. The House will meet at 6.30 p.m., for a quorum call vote. I'm Ryan Lizza. Thanks for listening.